Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back. Droid Life Show today, episode 164. It is, uh, it's Friday, February 9th. I'm your host, Kellen, with me, Tim. Tim's here. Hey, guys. How's it going? Tim here. So thanks for joining us uh, during this somewhat slow Android period. Like we're in one of those times where it's like we're leading up to the first big launches of the year. And so things just kind of drag a little bit. But we're, we're filling it up like Google has a whole bunch of stuff going on that we want to talk about on the show today. Uh, we'll catch you up on Galaxy S9 happenings, even though we're starting to really know everything that's going on there. What HTC and LG are doing, OnePlus, Essential. Uh, there's actually quite a bit of stuff going on. And we haven't done a show for a couple of weeks. So if some of this stuff sounds old, that's because we're just touching on it from last week because it's still you know, a big topic and all. So uh, anyways, we want to start off with a topic that uh, kind of just came up last night and then today. And like, I don't know that it's going to affect me. I don't even know it's going to affect you. But this idea that um, Android has always, well, people have suggested that Android has always needed an iMessage-like client. Um, that's like the killer messaging platform and that Google should build it. Um, well, it, it might actually be happening um, through Android Messages, which is Google's official like text messaging app. Um, so... This is like, I don't know even know where to attack this from. So uh, I guess we'll start back a little ways here. So Android Messages came out, uh, it's been a couple of years now. And around that same time, Google announced that they were going to make this big push into RCS, which is Rich Communication Services, which is like the future of text messaging. Because text messaging is, it's not the greatest messaging um I'd say it sends like over your phone number basically through that way. It's like pictures are almost always downsized to a lower resolution. It's just there's not read receipts and things like that. Um, it, it's like old school messaging in a way. Um, so RCS is like the new school version of that where you can send high quality, it's like read your messages and it's typing to you right now. And there's like better group chats and messaging over Wi Fi and stuff like that. Anyway, so Google made this push into RCS and it was. It was trying to get everyone else on board. Um, so what they needed was carrier partners to adopt RCS messaging, sort of like on their back end, if you want to call it that, so that when you fired up Android messages and you were texting using your phone number that was attached to, say, Sprint or a couple other carriers that were involved, your messages were essentially upgraded to this RCS experience. But Google needed carrier partners to do that, which always seemed like kind of the worst way to go about that, if I'm being honest, because carriers don't really care. Like T-Mobile wasn't going to adopt it because they have their own RCS service. AT&T wasn't because they also do. I think Verizon even has their own that style of messaging. So it was it was probably a, a failed sort of uh, experiment from Google. We just haven't seen people pick it up. So anyways, how that ties into iMessage is Apple has created iMessage, which is like, in a way, its own sort of RCS style client where it does all those advanced messaging stuff. Except Apple just it, like they handle it all, right? They don't necessarily need carrier partners. As far as I know, I think they just kind of handle all the messaging stuff, but it also allows you to text message and whatever. So Anyways, fast forward to today, and uh, the guys at Android Police dug into an Android Messages app um, update that just came out, I believe, last night. And there's starting to be hints in the code that we could be getting towards Google, maybe taking this a little more seriously and possibly bypassing that carrier need that um, they once had. So anyways, what they found was some specific references um, 
to you being able to uh, number one, jump into Android messages on the web. So like Allo, like a little QR code pops up, you scan it with your phone. You can now use Android messages on the web or a desktop client. That's not that big of a deal. Um, and we actually had uh, someone tell us that that was coming months and months ago. And I'm surprised it actually hasn't come out now. But what they found that's really important is in the code, there's this mention of upgrading your chat experience on Android messages to a serve to a to an experience that's powered by Google. And that's like the exact terms is powered by Google. And they talk about basically RCS messaging experiences like group chat and and read receipts and looking to see that someone's typing and sending high quality messages. So how that changes is like if you go to the Android messages support site right now, like it says like we have all these options available in Android messages, but to use them Everyone in messages has to have those features turned on and you also need to have support through your service provider. So this seems like a change in tone or wording here where Google's like, you know what? These people are just not going to adopt this stuff. We should probably just power this by ourselves uh, like Apple does, I- I'm assuming. Um, now, look, none of this is confirmed. This is like stuff found in an update. None of it's live. You can't access any of the stuff live right now. Um, my guess is that MWC, I mean, when they announced their RCS stuff for the first time, it was like two or three years ago at MWC. My guess is they're building this out for that. And they're just going to announce like the hell with all of you carriers. We're just going to do this. Anyways, that was a long story. Do you have a reaction to, I mean, like you and I are Google voice users. So this stuff doesn't like impact us at all, but is this finally like the iMessage on Android that everyone's been asking for? Yeah, not only am I like a voice user, but I'm not a text messenger. Uh, so having an iMessage on Android is great because people have been talking about having an equivalent of iMessage on Android for freaking years, man. So the fact that Google might be finally taking that seriously, even though, I mean, I thought they were taking this seriously for the longest time, like... I don't know. It seems like every other day Google has a new messaging client, uh, messaging client. Yeah. So I'll just believe it when I see it. I mean, we've been talking about an iMessage on Android for ever since I can remember. Yeah. So it, it's super exciting. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, this is code that we've seen. This isn't really any type of confirmation or concrete. Uh, I don't know any type of uh, messaging from Google. So. And I and by that I mean like marketing or anything like that. So you would think if it was an iMessage for Android, it'd be a pretty big deal. I don't know. We'd be see. I don't know. Maybe seeing some type of hype. Maybe we could hear something about it at I/O or saying. I bet you MWC all this stuff that's built into the app because you can't access any of this stuff now, right? It's all like just behind the scenes, waiting for Google to basically fire Flip it up. The switch. Yeah. So my guess is that. MWC, which is a really good spot for Google to announce stuff involves mobile, um, is when they'll say like, look, it's now just an upgraded awesome experience. And uh, you can also access it on the web. I mean, that would be the time to do it. I would imagine that's only a couple of weeks away. So if this stuff just showed up in the app now, right, it just kind of makes sense. Absolutely. So, I mean, if it does come, I'll be excited and I'll definitely try to use it. Um, I mean, my friends with iPhones will still, yeah, yeah. My, 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 my friends with iPhones will still think I'm a second class citizen because I don't have an iPhone and iMessage, but screw them. Well, it's, it's, so that's like the part of it that probably doesn't change much, right? While this could turn Android messages into a really, really good, powerful messaging service, um, 
is it still going to play well with your iPhone friends or is Android messages going to launch on, um, on iOS, but I actually, I don't even know if you can use, can you use the Japs on, or do you just have to use iMessage? I'm not really sure. iMessage doesn't allow any type of third party. There's no APIs for developers to access. So everything that is iMessage is a closed ecosystem. Right. No, I just mean like the text message, the SMS part of iMessage. Like, can you install like a third party SMS app on on iPhone? iPhone? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine why not. Okay. So what I'm getting at is then, I don't know. Is Android message? It's probably not on iOS, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know. What I'm thinking is you could then put Android messages on um, on an iPhone to do SMS and then Google's you know, advanced messaging stuff on top of that would could then potentially allow iPhone and Android to have that connection. Mm. That makes sense. Since they're never going to put iMessage on Android, I don't think. Uh, anyways, so but but if they don't, you still have the same problem, right? Like a lot of people are like, I can't talk to my iPhone friends as good because iMessage doesn't play well with Android. Like that's probably just never going to change. I hope people just understand that's how that works. But if Google like bakes and all this stuff and no longer relies on carrier partners, at least that gives Android people a text messaging app that isn't garbage that actually does all of that new advanced stuff, uh, which is a big deal. Uh, like I said, I don't. I don't think I'll use it because I use Hangouts and Google Voice because I'm attached to Google Voice. But cool. <laughs> it's, it's hard for you and I to get really excited because neither of us use Android messages. I mean, do you use Android messages? I don't, I don't use Android messages. I don't use Allo. I, I I really only use Hangouts. Like, I mean, I work so hard to get my family and my friends using Hangouts. And now here I am. I'm the jerk. He's like, okay, I know I got you all into Hangouts, but can you actually try this service now? <laughs> like, I just, that puts me in an awkward position. I don't want to do that. I so. think there's, I'm just waiting for that next app to say to them all, like, guys, we should switch to this one. It's cooler. It's newer and all of that. But uh, at this point, Hangouts still does everything I wanted to do, even though it doesn't get updates anymore. It still does what I wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, what's actually nice is that Gboard gets updated and it gets features that I want to be inside other messaging applications like GIF search and all that stuff. So, like, I mean, that's really all I need. I want to send some GIFs. I want to send some pictures and videos and whatever, and I can do that through Hangouts and it's fine. And plus, it's like an IM client, so it allows you and I to just talk freely. Like, we don't have to send messages or anything. Like, you know, it's it's stupid. (laughs) So, Hangouts works fine for me. It does totally work fine still. Unfortunately, it's just never going to get anything cool, like no cool Allo features like with Assistant built in or whatever. I don't know if anyone uses that stuff, but... Yeah, no, it will not. People in the chat saying they like Allo. I actually like Allo as a chat service. It's actually cool. The problem is it still has the same issues. No multi-account access, no multi-device access. Like Tim and I, again, we're probably the minority, but we can't use it like I often have two phones. I can't access Allo on both of those at the same time. Uh, so, and it's, you know, it's not attached to my Google account, which I know is part of the point of it, but that's also like its greatest flaw, I think, is that it's not attached to your Google account. So we tried when it came for when like the official desktop client came or like we tried and I think you and I tried for like a day or two to see if we could work with that. We but no, excited. it's just, it's not the same. We always fall back on hangouts just because it, it works. And, and yeah. that's what I want. I just want something that works. Yeah. I mean, like on my desktop right now, I have 
like the little Hangouts Chrome browser app that's like a standalone window. Right. I have two of them. I have two different accounts, my Gmail, my Droid Life account, both up, all my conversations right there. I can't do that on Allo. <laughs> so, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, but again, Allo is a cool app. Like it's built well. It has some cool features. You can shout or whatever you do, but uh, you know, oh, it's yeah. still has the same problems it had from day one for us anyway. And for I feel us. like a lot of people kind of echo our issues with it but but we are the minority so keep that in mind that is true we are uh but anyway the the big news today is this the stuff that might be coming to android messages again this like isn't like confirmed it's just looks like that's like kind of all we can say it looks like google is going to sort of turn it into the fully powered messaging app it should be um and in a way we just like to refer to it as android's iMessage because iMessage has been a fully fledged advanced messaging app for i don't know how many years how, like how long has iMessage been around like at least three years doing whatever the hell it's doing four years iMessage from apple i mean like the current version that's like really powerful that everyone's obsessed with it's like three or four years oh i i don't know i've thought that launched like a long time ago and that they've been obsessed with iMessage forever but i mean i don't i've never had an iphone <laughs> i really don't do much research in terms of ios so i'm no help i'm just looking right now there's a Wikipedia page. I mean, this says 2011, but I don't think like, I swear. Wait, let's see. 2012, 2000. I mean, this says 2011, but iMessage has been around for a long time. I know. I just didn't think it had been like, like this version. That's actually a really powerful messaging app. I didn't, I thought like there was like, it had a big update. It's something that changed, but maybe, maybe it has been around that long, which is really embarrassing for uh Google. Well, that's yeah. yeah. Well, that's why people have been screaming for an iMessage on Android. I think for so long, ever since I can remember. Yeah. So maybe it was when it came to Mac that I'm thinking of. But even that was in 2012. Apple's innovative, as uh, Scott Washington in the chat says. Maybe Apple really is that innovative. We know they can do some really good stuff. Apple has a good idea where they sort of project what the industry will do in the future, and they get right. I mean. Obviously, the iPhone's number one in that, but uh, like iMessage, they made this bet on iMessage where they locked everyone in years and years ago, and it's probably one of their smartest moves ever. I mean, people won't leave an iPhone because of iMessage. Like, people won't switch to an Android phone, even if, like, let's say the Pixel 2 XL didn't have a blue screen and everyone thought it was the greatest thing ever. People wouldn't leave their iPhone for it because of iMessage. Like, that's... It's smart on Apple's part, but it's really, really terrible just for the industry in general. Mm. I mean, the fact that these lock you in is just, it's, it, it sucks, but I get it. I get what they're doing. All right. So anyway, iMessage for Android. Android messages. Yes. Uh, the nice thing is Google Voice, for those of you using Google Voice, it has some of these features and has for a while, right? I mean, Google Voice got a pretty big update a couple years ago, and it's actually not that bad. Like, you can send better images, I believe. It has a really nice web interface. Mm. Like, you don't have to pair over QR codes and crap. Uh, Voice is actually pretty solid these days. It's getting better. We thought it was dead. I mean, for the long we kept reporting, Voice is dying. Voice well, remember, is dying. it was supposed to die, because yeah. it was supposed to just be folded into Hangouts, and then uh, that sure as hell never happened. Yeah. That's more Google throwing darts at the board, hoping something sticks. 
think about that whole shift that we went through there like when hangouts was born and it was gonna merge everything and be the one client and at that same time it was like we got google plus and google plus was the future and like remember when youtube comments like you had to log in with your google plus account or whatever like they totally just threw it out it was like hangouts google plus is the future of google and nothing will change that. And then within what, like a year or two, they just kind of went, that was a mistake. And then Vic and Dotra was gone and Hangouts got killed. And now Google Voice is back. RIPG Plus, although we're getting a new app. so That's right. We don't actually have this on our list of topics, but Google Plus <laughs> got a new app this week. Not really. I mean, it's like they got a rewrite. So it's technically a new app, but there it, it doesn't change much. It's just faster. And there's a new picture viewer. I don't even have Google Plus installed on a phone right now, so I couldn't tell you what the new experience is like. Like, do you have Google Plus installed on a phone? <laughs> I would laugh hard, but um, I don't want to blow your ears out. No, uh, I haven't had Google Plus installed on a phone for years. Um, we, of course, have it open on our desktop so we can share our stories with our community on Google Plus. And shout out to all you. We love you. Um, we just don't personally use the service. I honestly don't really know what it's used for anymore. They they kind of made the shift towards communities, I think. Yeah. People use it as a news feed. Which is weird because it's terrible as a news feed. Like every time you refresh the page, like all this stuff just jumbles and it's all like out of order. Like I never know what's new or not. Like I, Google Plus is a really, really terrible web interface. Yeah, I'm not a fan. It's probably why I don't use it. <laughs> I didn't really ever like the app. I don't like the idea of the communities. Like I get it. I want to find a forum. I'll probably just go find a forum. Or I'll just go find a subreddit. You know, I mean, Google Plus tried to take like these different ideas from sites like Facebook and Reddit and and a forum and plug it all into one site with your Google account. And it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't work. Um, Juan in the chat says Google Plus is still kind of cool for photo communities. That was one of the things that Google Plus did really, really well. Like, immediately was photos and that was partly like Vic and Dotro really pushed that was like the photo experience um and I think it still does like it presents images well um I think it is still good for that but otherwise like it's just hard to get I don't know like I guess when you have Facebook and you have Twitter and you have Instagram like you have to set up all these things like the way you like right like who you follow if you're in groups whatever you're doing and like Google Plus is it's changed a couple of times to where I feel like it, you have to like reset how you view it and interact with it. Uh, and so I feel like that's just, that's partly what's turned me off. I don't want to like invest the time to like go find communities and like, I maybe I just don't have time in general. That's maybe not, that's a, maybe a me problem, not a Google plus problem. Either way, I got a new app, fresh old app rewrite. Still don't have it installed. <laughs> mm, ouch. Well, they stopped bundling it, right? With like the Google app package. And so I never installed it again. RIP. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk for a second about uh, system updates on Google Play. So this goes back a few months anyway. But uh, one of the Google engineers uh, pointed out on Google Plus of all places that, the, that we all smack dates coming out he's like hey this actually works now like when you press this we flag it as a user initiated action and then you'll actually pull the update whether or not you're supposed to get it during their stage rollout or not um he told us that and then it never happened and then like two or three months later the dude showed back up and was like whoops sorry uh, that's broken we'll fix it it'll be fixed next year um 
I think he even said like early in the year. So we just all assumed that maybe like the January update when that rolled out, it would fix it. It, it didn't happen. But this week, a Google Play services update appears to have actually made it work. So February's security patch rolled out at the beginning of the week and a Google Play services update, in, at least in the beta channel, joined it as version 12. And people who updated to that like immediately went in and checked for update and it pulled the update. Uh, I still don't have this 12.2 and I'm in the beta. Um, so I, so I not only don't have that, I couldn't check for updates. I had to manually flash the OTA image, which while I can do that, like I would love to just be able to, you know, like an OTA image is like a terabyte these days or something like that or a gig. That's no, not a terabyte. It's a gig. Calm down. It's over a gig these days. Um, so, you know, I have a faster internet connection. I can download it. I, I get it. But, uh, I'd rather update to like the 50 megabit file, megabyte file, but whatever. Anyways, you can hammer that button now. Just hammer away. It works. Yeah. Uh, I got it. I think, uh, two nights ago, not last night, but the previous night. And all I entered the Google play services beta updated that. And I mean, nothing happened after that. Like I clicked on the update, but nothing happened, but then the OTA just showed up. So, I mean, I'm a happy user. Uh, this is the first time an OTA has actually like arrived on time for me. Uh, I mean, I was in the beta, the Android beta program. Uh, what was this back in last year, late last year? And I never got the December. I never got 8.1. So I never had my AR stickers or anything like that. And then apparently that was a bug with Google. So I had to leave that. Then I got the OTA. I mean, my life has sucked <laughs> in terms of updates. But uh, life is good now because I'm on, I'm on that new new. And uh feels good to be on the new new. I, 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 I had to flash. I still like, I just opened up Google play services. There's beta. I still don't have an update. I'm still on 11 dot whatever. 11 dot eight dot something or 11 dot nine, 11 dot nine, but 12 dot two is, is what you need. I mean, it doesn't matter now. I got a month to go before the next update when I can hopefully get that check for a bay button working. Yeah. I, well, see, that's the funny thing. I entered that, Google Play Services beta, I got an update to 11.9.whatever, and I still got the OTA. Even though my check for system update button didn't seem to be working, I still got the update without having the 12 dot. So I think you just got lucky. You I think I just, yeah, I'm part of the, the 1% staged rollout. Yeah. Actually, it, this whole conversation prompted me to write like this stupidly lengthy piece about how I think Google should allow us to force updates on apps as well. Uh, and partly because like Google Play services, like I'm in the beta. I'm supposed to get things first to like test them and whatever. Like I opted into that. And there's clearly still a slow rollout in beta. Like if I just want to play and test with apps, like I feel like there should be a way for me to do that. And I Google won't. I actually talked about how it took a lot of the fun out of Android apps in general. Like when apps used to roll out, like we'd all go get them, right? We'd all like download them at the same time, the whole community. We dive in, find features together, new, new stuff together, share things, whatever, right? Like it was fun. And we would say like, go to Google Play, get the update and everyone would get it. And then they started doing this stage rollout of app updates and it's just not fun anymore. You have to like sideload APKs and crap. Like while I understand how to do that, like I'd much rather just get it from Google when I understand where you're coming from. I guess uh, I just don't get that fired up about app updates. But it's like, well, from a work perspective, for one, it used to be fun, right? Because sure. like we would write up an update and everyone would go get the update and we'd all talk about it and we'd dive in and find features. And now it's like, it kind of rolls out to like this dude over here who then like maybe tells you about it on Twitter 
or he just uploads it like an APK or he's like on Google Plus. Like I, you can't find like you, it's impossible to keep track of this. And a lot of times now, like Google will roll out an update to an app and it'll have cool new stuff in it. But like they don't update their the app listing to tell you. Um, so then you end up just sideloading the stuff and finding out for yourself potentially and there's like no interaction with like our community about it anymore because no one else has it or no like it's just like i don't know that, that used to be one of like my favorite things about android was like it's always fun to find new stuff and talk about it with each other and stage rollouts have like killed that thing yeah, what i sure. really hell what i hate about the app update you know thing our server side changes when say some guy on Reddit says, Oh man, check out this sweet UI I got for Facebook or YouTube or whatever. And you're like, okay, let me go check if I have an update and blah, blah, blah. No, nothing. Uh, and no, nothing ever comes because apparently it's such a small group of people who get this special UI to, they get to test. I mean, now, now that sucks. That's up. That suck. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish I could just join a program, right? For every company like Facebook, Google. Like, like, give me the experimental stuff. I'm the kind of person you want because I just sit at home all day playing with it. So, well, and that's the thing too is like what I, what I would argue about like asking to be able to force updates. It's like you're opting in to saying like, yeah, if your app breaks, like I, I get it. But also like people like me and you and just the people that read Droid Life, like they're the type that will probably tell you give you bug reports, you know, like early. And a lot of times these stage rollouts happen so they can either get feedback, find out if there's bugs, catch them early before everyone gets it right. Well, me and you, people that read, we're the type that will actually give you that feedback rather than it being like just a random one or 5% that probably don't know that they're part of that one or 5% that may not care or give you that. Like we actually want to, I want to be engaged. Like I will give you feedback. And so I wish there was a way for us to get that access back. Um, and at, at this point, unless Google takes my suggestion, I don't, I don't see that. How that's happening. <laughs> yeah. You never know. <laughs> that's true. You never know. Uh, let's see in other Google news. Like I said, there's tons of Google news going on right now. Not like phone releases, but just other stuff. Like they announced uh, with the February update that they are turning on pixel visual core which is the Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL's image co-processor. Um, they're turning that on for third-party apps. So Instagram, WhatsApp are the three they listed. So essentially what that means is when you use those apps, take a picture, it takes advantage of like Google's HDR plus. Um, and it, I'm sorry, choking on my own spit. It takes advantage of HDR plus and it should also not use as much power and things like that. It takes some of that away from, um, uh, the regular system and it and should improve your images in general. Like I said, in HDR, low light, all of that stuff. Uh, I think it was uh, Ron over at Ars Technica wrote an article that said, what's funny is while the pixel visual core is being used in like Instagram, Snapchat and WhatsApp, I think he said like, it's not actually being used in the pixel twos camera app, which is kind of weird. Um, I, I actually haven't read through his entire write up on that. I just saw like the, the headline, but. That seems kind of silly. Like, why is your own camera app? Maybe the Google's doing extra stuff in their own camera app that the co-processor can't do. I'm not really sure. I could probably go look into that, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, well, it's not like the camera needs that many improvements, right? I don't know if it... I don't I think the two... I wanted to say that the, the visual core was just sort of a standalone thing that for third parties to use Google sort of... Uh, 
smart algorithms and HDR and all that stuff. And that Google's camera just already has that stuff built in. I don't know. I guess if you're, if you've created your first ever custom chip and you put it in your phone and you want to talk about it and brag about it and show off what it does, kind of seems like you should use your own chip and your own camera app, but maybe not. Hmm. I guess for me, someone who takes a lot of pictures on the phone, I haven't really missed it if it's not enabled. Um, I think the camera on the Pixel 2 is pretty darn good. So good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any complaints. It just, it would have been a cool way to showcase your new technology. But if you're putting in WhatsApp, if you're allowing WhatsApp, Instagram, Snapchat, other apps to use it, that's probably a good way to show it off too. But. Yeah. Um, in addition to uh, that news from the February update, uh, Google also released some new AR stickers. And uh, one's uh, winter sport themed, and the other one is. Uh, I don't know what theme it is, but it's called blocks and there's like a boom box and you can play spin the bottle and things like that. Oh my Good stuff. That seems inappropriate. It does seem a little inappropriate. I actually pulled it up to take a picture for the article I was writing about it. And uh, I was waiting for the champagne to like explode. Um, <laughs> and uh, it didn't, I tapped on it and it didn't like the pop didn't top or anything. It just fell down and then spun a circle. And I was like, Oh, this will be fun for the kids to play with. Totally. Yeah. So anyway, those are out. But you need a uh, speaking of stage rollouts, mm. you need the AR stickers app version 1.1 in order to use these new stickers. You can install those new stickers, but you can't access them within the Pixels camera app unless you have AR stickers 1.0. I mean, this is this is what's so stupid about this. Stuff. This yeah. is why I get fired up. Like every time Google announces something new, I can't access it unless I go sideload an APK. Like that's not how should this work. Like like security reasons should be number one there. Like Google's just like, well, we're just going to let everyone sideload everything from APK sites. Uh, now look, like I know most people go to APK mirror. It's the guys from Android police. I, you can trust it. I'm just saying like, that shouldn't be how this works. Like there's other APK sites out there now, which probably aren't so trustworthy. Right. I just don't think there should be the wild west of APKs out here because Google just slowly rolls everything the hell out. I just don't know that that's the greatest approach, you know, to an Android, Android, the platform who's had its security issues over the years. And every time somebody says something about malware, they just reference Android these days. And so Google could probably nip that in the butt a little bit by allowing me to grab an update when there's an update available. God, you get fired up about these updates, man. God, it does. It just pisses me off. <laughs> I just want to play with new stuff. Okay. And I should be able to do that through official means, which would be Google Play. It's understandable. It's understandable. Like, I can't tell our readers about AR stickers because I don't have the AR stickers update. Wait. Yeah. Kind of fun. <laughs> My life sucks. My life does suck, apparently. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Out of there, unless you want to talk any more about Pixel Visual Core. No. Okay, then. Uh, there was a report this week from the information that said... Yeah, readying a game streaming service and possibly a standalone console. I think you know much more about this. Do you want to want to talk about this? Yeah, we can dive into this. So, game streaming service, code name Yeti, will probably not un- launch with the name Yeti. Just code name. Yeti is a lot like Nvidia's uh, uh, GeForce Now, where say you have a cloud library of gaming titles that can be streamed via the web. To um, what they s- report could just be Chromecast or this uh, reported standalone console. So, 
basically the way GeForce Now works, you pay a small monthly fee. I think it's eight bucks a month and you get access to these titles. These are not, they are AAA titles, but they are technically AAA titles from years ago. So they were once the the pinnacle, uh, the greatest games available. Uh, things like Dead Island, a lot of racing games, stuff like that. Uh, they took a they took good computing power back in the day, but now you know you're able to stream these things in 1080 and even 4K HDR. I think some of the titles. So it's a pretty sweet idea. However, this we don't know what types of titles Google would want to stream. We don't know if we're talking like just Android titles because you have to remember that if we're talking about streaming to a Chromecast device. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what type of titles that thing can handle or the, the type of uh, speeds it can take in and push out through the it's a little HDMI port. We just don't know. So what I was assuming is that they were just going to be Android titles and you maybe just pay a, a certain fee and have access to a bunch of titles. But but again, the information was very lacking in terms of details for that. Not only that, we don't know how you would control the titles, but you use your phone if you're streaming to a Chromecast or uh, but then th- this is where the standalone console comes in. So what they did is they hired a uh, video game executive who used to work on um, for Sony and Microsoft. He's got like 20 years in the business working on, on uh, Xbox and PlayStation. So he knows what he's doing. Real deal. Um, yeah, so you, you don't bring in an exec like this unless you're getting serious about a console. But for uh, taking a step aside from that though i hate how we always say google is like going to take something seriously by doing this or that like i think they do everything seriously but eh. Eh. <laughs> anyway moving on so basically what we do know or what we think we know is that google is working on a cloud streaming gaming service um it'll probably cost you money every month and you'll either stream it to a chromecast or they're going to uh I'll also bring a standalone console. We don't know when, we don't know how much, we don't know what kind of games. So we don't know too much, but we do know something is in the works. However, the information kindly pointed out and suggested that none of this could happen and it's all up in the air. I I don't is uh is Nvidia's GeForce now a popular thing? Like do you know do like a lot of people subscribe to that? That I do not know and I have to assume no. I would assume no also. Like the service is awesome and I say that because I have a free subscription to it uh, just because we wrote it up once and I think it's just like an account, you know, when I wrote it up and reviewed it it's just sort of something. Off. Yeah, they just never turn it off. That's funny. The games for me aren't that awesome. Like, I don't do a lot of racing games. I don't care about Tekken. They have the whole, like, Batman Arkham series on there that I, I don't care about. Um, I replayed Dead Island. Uh, but again, that game is hella old. And, and I love it. But I'm not just, you know, they're adding new titles all the time. They've got, um, No Man's Sky on there. So I didn't buy No Man's Sky for console because I heard it was hot trash. Uh, but I played it on GeForce Now. I streamed it. It looked awesome on my TV. Like It was a lot of fun. But I'm not going to pay every month for access to a library of games that I don't necessarily want to play. Like Right now, I, I got my Xbox One X. I play Fortnite. I play Call of Duty. That's it. Like You don't see me jumping from game to game because I play with a group of people. Like We don't jump. Right. You so games for a long time, yeah. Exactly. It's just yeah. not my stuff. Yeah, I don't know why Google would do this, really. Unless there's, I'm trying to think of like another service similar that's maybe been really successful. Uh, and I just don't, I can't even think, like GeForce Now is the only one I can think of. And I, I don't know that 
people are flocking. Maybe they are. Maybe people are really playing. I mean, like GeForce Now is kind of through Shield, and I know people own Shield, but are we talking like I don't think twenty people, twenty million people own Shield, and five million are subscribed to GeForce Now. You know what I mean? Like, is it like five thousand people subscribe? It's just kind of a weird thing. Maybe Google sees something. Maybe it's just something they're testing. Maybe it'll never happen. The idea of a console, I like because. Remember, like a, a little while ago, I wrote up, we need like a pixel box, a pixel TV. Maybe it'll be like that. Like they'll put enough hardware into it. It'll be like a new pixel Android TV and they'll build in this like ga- this game streaming service, which I can ignore and just use the pixel TV thing. Mm. Yeah. Just to clarify for people, NVIDIA has GeForce now and they also have GameStream. GameStream are titles you own. Uh, that stream from your computer to say your shield TV and you can play them in the living room. Uh, the GeForce now is from the cloud streamed uh, to your Mac windows computer, etc. cetera. Yep. Uh, GeForce now works well. Uh, someone was mentioning in the comments, like it works good. Um, however, you do not own the games. So, but this is a good thing because if you think about it, say you would buy a $60 video game from GameStop try and trade that thing in a few months down the road, you're going to get five, ten bucks, maybe, if it's like a hot title. There's no point in owning video games anymore. They have zero value once you buy them. So the fact that if you can just pay a monthly subscription and have access to the latest and greatest, I think that's just better. That uh, You can play it as much as you want. You don't have to deal with, you know, losing value of something, basically. I mean, it'd be sort of like Netflix, right? Like, I don't own Star Wars Rogue One, but I can watch it whenever I want because of Netflix. And that's fine with me. There's no point in me owning it, technically, unless you need the physical copy in your hands, even though it's worthless, literally worthless. So, yes. so it's, it's a good idea. I love the concept. And Bertzer says, I don't trade in. I mean, no one's saying you have to trade in, but technically there's no point in you holding on to something that is literally worthless. It's trash. Go to GameStop and sell that thing or whatever people do at GameStop. If you can. No one goes to GameStop anymore. They suck. (laughs) So, But that was just my example. Amazon will give you better value for your used video games, which is ridiculous. Amazon. Well, yeah. Yeah. This should just be a big ad for Amazon. Amazon's great. This is not brought to you by Amazon. <laughs> Love Amazon. Sell them Whole Foods groceries now, although not in Portland. Not in Portland. Damn. All right. Another Google News. Still on Google News. Uh, Google Assistant possibly coming to more Chromebooks outside of the Pixelbook. So I believe it was XDA found um, some code that they're working on. It's like hot word detection. So you can find, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it, but hot word detection. And, uh, but also potentially up to manufacturers, right, to enable it. So, like, Pixelbook has a Google Assistant button, like, built in. Uh, other Chromebook manufacturers obviously haven't done that. This is a new thing. So, a hot word might be a good thing, or you could probably, um, customize a button to just launch the Assistant, or new hardware coming, going forward could then probably have a Google Assistant button too. I think it's a, I think it's a cool idea, and it seems like it should be. Like when, when Google launched the Pixel Book and put an assistant button, I don't know that we need an assistant button, but it seemed like one of those things that maybe should have been added um, even before the Pixel Book, just on other Chromebooks. Mm-hmm. Maybe the hardware to support Google Assistant. I can't imagine it runs that heavy, but uh, with the assistant going into everything, I'm just surprised that Chrome OS doesn't just have it natively at this point. Like there wasn't an update. Like when the Pixel Book dropped, 
there wasn't an update to Chrome OS on everyone that said like, well, if you meet these minimum specs, you get Google Assistant. I'm surprised that actually hasn't happened already. But. Sounds like it's coming though. And it should. Although I have a Pixel Book and I there is an assistant button. I think I've hit it twice. And uh I, I don't really I don't really understand what they're trying to do with it. Like you hit this button and like a little UI pops up in the corner. And then from there, you have to like hit another button, like a microphone button to then talk to it. Like when you hit that button, maybe I'm just doing it wrong. Maybe I'm supposed to hold it down and talk to it. I should play with that a little bit more. Maybe it is really useful and I just I just don't know. I mean, that's uh, totally possible. I would think you would just hold the button to talk. But maybe you do. I should try. I don't It's out there. How so. embarrassing. I know. Well, I hit it like a couple times. and was like, uh, now what? And it's just like this little UI is like, how can I help you? And it's like, and I tried to talk to it and it was like not listening at all. I did this extra microphone button. I should play with that. Things are too damn expensive, dude. I, I like, I want to love the pixel book and I see people hype up the pixel book on Twitter and I'm like, y'all realize that thing is like $1,200 and most yeah. people can't afford that. I think I bought the lowest version and it was when it was a hundred bucks off. So I paid eight ninety nine, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and I didn't like get all the upgrades cause I don't know that you need them. I mean, my second, so we also, I also have the original Chromebook Pixel and the Chromebook Pixel 2015 or whatever the second one was. And now the Pixel, those other two still run flawlessly. And I think the first one's from like 2013. And the other one I think is from 15. They still run great. So I don't even know that you need, like if you spent the like $1,700 to deck out a Pixel book, I mean, I'm going to just shake my head. At you. I don't think you need to do that. I think it has like an i7 in it and like 512 storage and like 16 gig i don't even know it's got more stuff than you will probably ever need in a chromebook but i just don't understand why you need so much power for something that doesn't do anything that literally just specializes in web browsing like you're not rendering videos you're not you are running apps and stuff now i mean that is a big apps i mean well yeah i get it running apps. my phone can run apps i mean that doesn't mean i need 16 gig ram and an i7 like come on now what what type we're talking web apps we're no, talking android, android apps android apps now well it's got to be able to do both i don't know, i mean like you know me i'm the guy that has 1800 chrome browsers or chrome tabs open at a time i need some ram i guess <laughs> either way i got the base pixel book and it's pretty great um flip it into a little tablet mode let the kid draw i picked up the pixel book pen just because why not and uh yeah, wow. it's a really really nice uh really nice laptop other than the fact that uh Again, for what you and I do, there's no video editing at all on it. So I, I can't use it as like the daily travel Chromebook or uh, laptop. But I would if there was like Final Cut for Chrome OS, which is never going to happen. Never going to happen. But I love I love Chromebooks, though. Like my wife, that's all she's used for the last like three, four years. My dad just picked one up. My mom just bought like a Windows laptop recently, and I almost said like, "Why don't you just get a Chromebook and save a couple hundred bucks?" That's a good point. We are again the min- minority. Um, a lot of people just don't need much more than that. However, if they don't need much more than that, why do they need to spend so much for a Chromebook? I mean, get a three hundred dollar Chromebook. I mean, like, I, I just I see a blatant disconnect between reality of like what we need versus what is like necessary or wanted. I, or what we want versus what is necessary. So uh, I get it. There's like a Chromebook on steroids, but why does a Chromebook need to be on steroids? The hardware is awesome, but so much computing power. The display is great. Touchscreen, all that. Like I get it. 
It's awesome. I'm not saying it's not awesome. I'm just saying it, like it seems unnecessary. Thing. I guess it's like a future proofing thing. Yeah. Future proofing so, for what? Chrome OS is so basic. Well, Chrome OS and then more Android accessibility, like all those apps and stuff, they're, they're going to want them to run bigger, better, more powerful. Isn't the whole point of Android, though, is they're trying to sim- simple, like make it more simple to run on weaker machines. They're not trying to make it more processor intense they're trying to make it less processor intense so i just yeah i'm just saying if you want to create like a legitimate computing platform that sits on a desktop or a laptop the whole like multitasking running multiple services and tasks at a time you do need power to do that i mean as as chrome runs and android apps are starting to run uh if if you want to do more 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 like potentially video editing like that you, you know to do that so that's my guess and also google just likes making really expensive laptops to go look how cool this is you know what i mean like, like when they made the original chromebook pixel we all went what and that it was, was awesome. like chrome os was terrible right like yeah. it was nothing it it was cool though um I would just like to say and point out though that say on a Galaxy S8, S8 Plus, you can have 16 different of those little multi windows open running at the same time, do plenty of multitasking, Android apps, all this stuff. Like, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not trying to like break balls. And that phone is also just as expensive as a Pixel book, basically, uh, the cheapest one you can get. So, no big deal. No big deal. I'm just saying like, some people i hear it has really good battery life too though so that's also a plus but uh i just i don't know if i want people out there wasting their money on something that seems so over the top unless they want that future proof even though we don't know what the future holds so yeah i mean i would tell if someone said like look i'm thinking about the pixel book and i would say like if if that's your budget yeah you i don't think you'd be disappointed i would say why not like if that's your budget if you have 900 bucks thousand bucks spent on a laptop i i don't I would seriously tell people like, I think this will probably do the job for you and it's only going to get better. All right. You're future proofed. We've been saying future proof a lot today. Future proof. (laughs) I'm hearing about this uh, from the chat. Thanks to Juan. We're hearing about this power director video editor app does 4k slow mo. It's an Android app. Yeah, it is. Um, I haven't, I think I have it installed on my pixel book. Um, and I just haven't taken the time like with a video I need to make to like go in and learn it. I'm sure it's probably simple enough being an app like that, but I've, I've heard that there's that. And that there's, there's one other app I think, but power director is apparently pretty legit. I just need to go in and, and try it, but I'll I check it out. This Mac pro that I have here is how old now and terrible. And every time I process a video, I tell Tim how terrible it is. Yeah. Well, every day it seems like, uh, <laughs> Well, Marquez Brownlee, he, he also says the Mac Pro is total trash can. So at this well. point, it really is. It's like four or five years old, I think. But I'm not going to spend. What did I tell you the other day? I looked at the 10K. iMac Pro. Yeah, the iMac Pro base is five thousand dollars, which is yeah, whatever. But like, you upgrade two things, and it's like eight grand all of a sudden. You can go up to like ten, twelve thousand dollars for an iMac Pro. Get the hell out of here with that Apple. I'm gonna add this to my wish list. Check out Power Director. Thanks for the shout or the uh, the heads up one. Yeah, I'll, I, I like I said, I have it installed. I think on my Pixel Book. I just need to. Uh, I just need to try it. I think it's one of those things where I'm so used to just doing everything on my uh, desktop here. If you but, tell me that Power Director is awesome, 
I'll drop down. I'll get I'll get a pixel book. I'm not afraid. <laughs> I've been talking so much crap about it. The least yeah. I could do is actually try one for 30 minutes. Why do you pick up one of those like $300 guys first? Throw a power director on there and see how it works. I think we'll- you've got you've got like a three, you you test. That. I think you've got a $300 Chromebook sitting around. Probably do. Yeah. I think I do. Yeah, an Asus Flip or something like yeah. the original when Android oh. first came out. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're gonna see where all that money goes into. I'm again. I will try it though. Since you guys are all talking about it, I will try Power Director on the next video we do. I don't know what video that's going to be, but it just kind of sucks, right? You get so invested, like we're invested now in Final Cut and the plugins for Final Cut, and it's like I can't bring all that awesome stuff over. Like we do, we do some tweaks, we do some special stuff with our videos, and we just can't bring magic, that. A little Final Cut magic. I know a little Final Cut magic. So I don't know if people realize that it's not just about splicing a couple of tracks together. I mean, there's so much more that goes into it. So it's an art. That's why it takes so long. Anyway, basic editing you and I do. A couple of transition animations. That's about it. (laughs) Title animation at the end. Which is why like something like Power Director is probably totally fine for you and I. Yeah. Because we're not about that advanced life. No. All right. uh, Switching out of Google News. uh, I just thought this was interesting. A week ago, Sprint was talking. They had their quarterly earnings and they were really excited about their quarterly earnings. Good for Sprint. But uh, they were talking about 5G and their 5G network and how when they launched their 5G network, which I think they're targeting for 2019 to start at least, um, they said, look, like we're offering discounted prices now. And it was basically them admitting like our network sucks compared to everyone else's. They said like, look, it's, it's, it's okay that we're offering discounted service because it's all about your network. They said, but with 5G, our 5G network is going to be so great that we will raise our prices and no longer carrier in AT&T and T-Mobile. And it was just the first time that we've seen someone, a carrier come out and say like, look, when 5G is coming, expect the price to go up. And I think we, we've talked about off and on how, yeah, we should probably expect like when 5G launches, you can't tell me you don't think Verizon's going to go uh-huh, pay up a little bit, guys. T-Mobile, I don't know. They'll, they'll probably do it in like a sneakier way. Like T-Mobile's like as sneaky as it gets these days. at and they'll probably just flat out tell you like, look, you're going to pay extra. Uh, but Sprint has said it like we are going to raise prices on you. And I don't know what that means. Are they going to jump up? to above like well i guess that maybe they'll react to what verizon and at&t and t-mobile do but i just think it sucks because we went through this what doesn't seem like that long with 4g lte right like remember when it was unlimited data we were all on three unlimited data then network can handle this and also we'd like to charge you per gigabyte now since none of you are sending text messages and making calls anymore and then we would drop to like the per gigabyte pricing, the first tiers. You remember the first tiered data pricing? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if they're going to do that again, if they're going to tack on like a 5G uh, fee or if they'll just adjust everything and everything will just cost five bucks more per gig. I don't know. We don't, we don't know how it's going to work. I just think we should all prepare for the fact that when 5G gets here in, it's going to be closer to 2020. Like you might get a data increase. That's Maybe. Right. Uh, price increase is coming. I'm just fully expecting it. I don't. I mean, these are carriers we're talking about. These are U.S. carriers. They're not nice people. They have investors to worry about, and I get that. Um, they have investors to worry about. Yeah, that's like my least favorite thing ever. Is eh, we got investors we got to worry about. What about your millions of customers? 
They don't pay the bills. <laughs> they do pay the bills. That's the problem. Yeah. There is a sort of a disconnect there. Yes, there is. Very much so. But investors are investors, right? Anyway, so that's happening. Sprint confirmed it first. At least Sprint's got the balls to, you know, confirm that that's happening. They might as well have the balls to confirm something like that. Right? I mean, they don't have much else going for them. So they might as well have honesty. Yeah. So, so I was running Project 5 for a couple of weeks. And I think it was a combination of T-Mobile and Sprint still. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, and I think I was constantly attached to Sprint because uh, like I, was, I was running speed tests out of my house um, with the Project 5 phone right next to a T-Mobile phone. And the T-Mobile phone was like blazing like 60 down, 20 up or something. And the Project 5 phone was always like 15 down, 3 up. So I just assumed I was on Sprint. So the whole Project 5 handoff thing didn't seem to be going so well at my house. Interesting. Yeah. I canceled it though, so it's fine. Oh, RIP. Yeah. Uh, well, it was, you know, it was messing with my Google Voice account, which I'm... Can't do that. Yeah, you can't mess with Google Voice. I've been on that thing for years and years. And years. Uh, anyway, Galaxy S9 news. We, uh, we're pretty sure we know the battery capacities of the S9, S9 Plus, and they aren't changing. Uh, we're looking at 3,000 milliamp hour battery in the S9, 3,500 milliamp hour in the S9 Plus. Again, this is like a week old news. I just wanted to point it out on the show since we didn't do a show last week. Uh, those don't change. So S6 and S6 Edge Plus, what the hell was that phone called? They were 3,000 and 3,600. And then last year with the S8s, we dropped to 3,000 and 3,500. Well, I should say when we dropped to 3,500. And these S9s are apparently the same. Hmm. I will just say that it's not surprising because Samsung is not about to like go, let's see how big a battery we can cram in here. I mean, we're still talking about the Note 7. So anyways, if you were expecting like a 4,000 milliamp hour battery in the S9, nope. <laughs> Sorry. Not going to happen. Um, oh, what? I was just going to say, I don't think we've ever been really pleasantly surprised by battery size and these devices. So it's just more of the same. More of the same. They'll be fine. They'll run all day, which is about what you can expect from a phone these days. For some people. Some people, they won't. <laughs> some people need more. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So earlier in the week, yeah, it was this week, an HTC device showed up at an industry 5G event. And uh, it was heavily encased and also with like little pieces of tape, tape across it. Yeah. And apparently it was uh, an HTC device that could possibly be the U12. Um, Evleek suggested it was the U12. What did he call it? The Imagine, which would be the code name for it. Um, it we don't we don't really get much from it other than it's like 18 by 9 or 2 by 1 display ratio. It looks pretty tall. Um, and they ran a speed test. We know it's from HTC, but they ran a speed test on it. It was like 800 megabytes down. and Whatever that means, dude. Uh, I mean, that, that speed test could even be like a screenshot. Like you see in the top left corner how it's got the gallery icon as if it something had taken a screenshot. Like that could be from anywhere. Maybe so. they took the screenshot of this to be like, this is we awesome. did it. Yeah, exactly. Um, 809 megabits per second down 50 up pretty solid. Uh, but as for the phone itself, all we see is that it's got on screen buttons and hefty little bottom chin and top forehead. But that's about yeah. it case on it they're really trying to hide it it is a little weird that they showed this thing up there and we're like let's just put some tape on this phone that no one's ever seen before yeah it's odd behavior but it's very HTC 
thing is, um, that's not necessarily technically a 5G thing. Like that's just gigabit LTE, which is what's so funny. Like, was that a 5G event? They were showing off how fast. Like that's gigabit speed technically, but mm. whatever. Who cares about such details? Such uh, details. <laughs> So today, uh, ET News reported that LG will announce at MWC the V30S and also something called LG Lens. You want to talk about what the V30S is? Absolutely. Uh, The uh, LG V30S is technically a LG V30, the same phone that was launched last year in September. Um, Doesn't appear to have sold very well, even though it was uh, one of LG's best phones, what we called it, at least in our review. Love the phone. Really nice phone. Uh, Anyway, this new LG V30, the S, uh, will have LG Lens, which is what we've been hearing about this AI feature set that will be built into the device, specifically the camera. So think Samsung, Bixby Vision, Bixby Vision. Sorry if my pronunciation's all off for you. (laughs) Uh, Bixby Vision as well as Google Lens. So let's say you... Yeah, Bigsby. Uh, let's say you take a picture of something and you want to find that uh, that item, say, on Amazon, and you want to buy it. You could take a picture of Oreos, find Oreos on Amazon. Or if you want to um, scan a QR code or a barcode, um, you can do things like that. That's something that Bigsby Vision can do. Uh, but LG is apparently going to take it a step further with LG Lens. And what you'll be able to do is say you can, using GPS, you can get directions uh, say you're walking down the street with your camera out and you can like literally see, oh, do I want to go left or do I want to go right? Um, you can also do instant uh, language translations, kind of like you can do on a lot of other phones. Even the Google Translate app, you can literally do this on any phone right now. Google Lens, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you just point your picture or you point your camera, say at a sign that's in Spanish and Espanol, and then it will translate it to English. And... That's great if you're traveling around to, say, a different country or, uh, I don't know, you're in a, a supermarket, a Russian supermarket or a, a Spanish market. It's good for that. So mm-hmm. it sounds cool. LG Lens sounds cool, but it is really just Bigsby Vision and LG Lens, which means it's not that cool. And that's yeah. that's disappointing. So yeah. LG already didn't really have like a winner, like a seller in the V30. Even though the phone was great, it just really didn't catch on. So Apparently people didn't buy it. That's the thing. That's the problem, right? And so now they're just going to slap an S on it, throw in LG lens, and maybe hope that it sells. Oh, boy. I think they're in for a real disappointment. <laughs> I think you made the point in your in your write-up that you know I, Apple can do the S thing and, and sell lots because they previously sold lots of the other phone. Right. I don't know LG did LG V30. LG V30 we've talked about a lot. It's a really good phone. I don't I don't know that uh re-releasing. But look, we've also talked about this a lot. Like LG's plan is to like new colors of the G6, throw an S on here with some Google Lens knockoff stuff. Like Ah, LG. Yeah, it's gonna be a rough one. We, yeah, we, uh, talk about we don't know what they should do. I mean, I don't know what LG should do at this point. They make good phones. I mean, LG V30 was a really, really good phone. I don't know what they I don't know what they can do. I don't get paid to tell them what to do, though. So, nope. I just hope they come out with something cool this year. We shall see. I mean, the G7 needs to like be a home run. It needs to be a grand slam. Forget the home run. Grand slam. Yeah, grand slam. Yeah. All right. Uh, another phone news: OnePlus 5T is now available. Well, it was available in lava red. 
So OnePlus is doing the thing where they just keep releasing new colors, which is fine. I mean, LG is going to do it with the G6. I'm always down for some new colors. I just wish a lot of times these were available up front. Like, you know, those people that were like, I want the 5T. I guess I'll just buy it in black. And then the red one comes out and they go, what the hell? Or that sandstone white. Anyways, uh, it was. Did it sell out? I'm assuming it sold out. Uh, No. No. And still buy the lava red, apparently. Dang, get on that. Add to cart. I'm not actually going to buy one. Yeah, you can. Look at that. Yeah, the sandstone white sold out, I think, in seconds. Lava red, still available. Uh, It's 559. It's the 8 gig, 128 gig version. That's cool. It's not bad. Uh, I mean, it's a hot phone. It is a really nice looking phone. One thing we didn't talk about because we didn't have a show last week was uh, the OnePlus 5T got a beta update that uh, enabled iPhone 10 like gesture UI. And it was a big freaking deal, Tim. I don't have it enabled anymore. I do have the phone right now. You did a whole whole video on this, right? I did a whole video on this. And uh, it's fine. Gestures. I'm. I've never been a big fan of gestures, like swiping. I like just tapping things. I do. I just like tapping things. Uh, but it, it works pretty well. Like you swipe up from the middle bottom, and it takes you home. You swipe up and hold. It brings you in the app switcher. Swipe up on like the left and right sides of the bottom. And that's like a back button. It totally works, and it gives you that full screen real estate action, no matter where you are. And it would probably just take a little bit of uh, a uh, little bit of practice and stuff, and it'd probably work pretty well. But I don't know. I, I I guess when Apple released the iPhone 10, I I didn't immediately go, "Wow, I really want I really want those gestures." I mean, the cool thing is like the OnePlus 5T still has a fingerprint reader, which the 10 doesn't. Uh, so you get fingerprint reader on the back. You use the gestures. It's a thing. It's not in stable Oreo, but I'm I'm assuming they'll probably allow that to happen at some point. I don't know. Like when you see the iPhone 10 and you see this, do you want gestures on like the Pixel 3? You want you swiping? Like, there's some cool, maybe some cool implementations, but I mean, really, the only gestures I want are just quick access to my camera, which I already have, and maybe I guess that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I just like the virtual buttons. I just like tapping them. It's cool to me. Just tap them faster than swiping. You know, you miss a swipe. I know you can miss a button press too. Like if you own an essential phone, you probably tap all the time and never get anywhere. Sure. I think uh, if you're like on an iPhone 10, I think it seems pretty cool. Um, like if you get used to just sort of navigating it, you can get real quick about it. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. But I don't have an iPhone 10, so. I hearing people calling it the iPhone X still. Are we still doing that? It's the iPhone 10. The other day, say, they were like a tech person. I was like, did you, did you say iPhone X? Yeah, that's, that's incorrect. Yeah, you can't, you can't say that. You can't say that. Uh, so anyway, that, that was in the beta. It's not available, but I'm assuming that it will roll out at some point. Uh, let's see. In other news from last week, Essential announced that they're skipping Android 8.0. Even though 8.0 is like in beta 3, and we thought stables around. They said there's some issues there. We don't want to push it to everyone. We're going to jump to 8.1. They didn't tell us when we're getting 8.1. And if you were in beta 8.0, you're still in beta 8.0 with any of the problems you had, which kind of sucks. Like my phone is kind of just in limbo still at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, in sort of related news, this week they dropped the February security patch already. Like they're pushing these out before Google's getting them to their own phone. I mean, like, like I know Google uh, released factory images and OTA images on Monday, and Essential didn't push the OTA until was that Wednesday. 
something like that. Yes. Day Wednesday. But like if you own an essential phone, you just tap update. Speaking of check for update buttons, and that thing just was there. You could just down. I know only like 500 people own the phone, but you still you could just tap in and grab that update. Um, whereas Google's rollout is obviously much slower. Uh, so good for essential on that point. But yeah, 8.1 is what's coming next. Uh, let's see. So we're at like over an hour. Our shows just keep getting our shows just keep getting longer and longer, don't they? <laughs> so much to talk about. So much to talk about. Why wouldn't you take a week off? Yeah. Uh, we actually asked people what browser they were using on their phones because there's been a lot of talk about uh, there's a lot of talk about Chrome this week because Chrome, well, Canary Dev and Beta for the longest time have had this like bottom bar where like the address bar moved to the bottom. It was called Chrome Home, um, and it was enabled like out of the box basically if you downloaded beta um dev whatever and so we just assumed it was coming to stable and this week we're now we're not so sure like it seems to no longer be enabled i don't even know if it's in the dev anymore it might be a chrome flag or something now like they're clearly moving away from it the guys at xda found uh some other commits related to it that say maybe there's a new version uh where it's like a split thing where you may have like an address bar up top another bar at the bottom that does some stuff so clearly chrome home either wasn't uh well liked by users on the beta i'm not really sure or google decided there was a better way to do it i don't know but so it's changed so anyways we asked people um a browser and yeah it's like 73 percent are using chrome and a bunch of people using samsung's internet browser which makes sense thing. yeah firefox on there a little bit a couple people on opera what but we asked this, what did you say back in 2012? I'm just looking at the number. In 2012, 62% were using Chrome. So it's jumped to 73, but that's because there's like there's no stock Google browser. Remember there used to be just like a stock Google internet browser? That's like mm-hmm. gone. It's only Chrome. Chrome's now pre-installed on like, like everything. Um, and in most phones outside of Samsung, it's the browser. Like I believe LG, HTC, Motorola. I don't think any of those have their own browser anymore. I don't believe. HTC may. HTC may. But I think LG, Motorola for sure, uh, obviously like essential phones and stuff like that. They just, Chrome is the browser. So makes sense that you would just adopt that. Yeah. Anyone what still on Dolphin browser? That's not good. Dolphin, Dolphin browser. Dolphin yeah. browser king because I'm pretty sure it, it was when Android didn't have pinch to zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Dolphin browser had pinch to zoom. And so, and it had tabs and stuff like that too. But Dolphin browser was awesome. awesome. There's like plugins and extensions for it and stuff. Dolphin was pretty great. What was your question though previously? What did you think about Chrome's bottom bar? Like, do you use the beta or do you use Chrome stable? What do you use? I use the stable, but I have the beta installed. And every time I open the beta, I swear, like I never had a bottom bar or anything like that. So you haven't used the bottom bar really then? Mm -mm, I don't know anything about it. I've been using it for months now and I'm kind of used to it. Really? it's kind of nice because let me open something up. I don't know Is if it, I'd be able to get used to it. Although I did get used to the bottom bar, like the search bar on the home screen. So yeah, I'm used to that now too. But so like you just like when you're using it and you want to get a new tab or whatever, you don't have to do the shimmy up top, right? Or mm-hmm. use your other hand. It's just like a little swipey action right there on the bottom. I like it. I mean, I still kind of feel like the address should be up top. <laughs> Like there's just, just because that's how most browsers are. Like you should still have an address bar up top, but I like this little swipe action where you can from the bottom say like, I need a new tab or go to one of your favorites or bookmarks or whatever. I, so I like that some of it's down there. So I'm actually excited for this new supposed version that may split it in two. I think it'll be good. 
but it's gonna be weird change now reading up top with yeah all yeah, right I mean, an even hotter topic instagram yeah <laughs> tim Real tim uh tim is fed up with instagram this week they introduced something where uh you can write text or something you can just post text like there's a feature and uh, I'm with you in that. That doesn't seem very Instagrammy. The whole point was like to create photo, like take pictures or upload a photo you've actually taken. And now there's like people type text out on Instagram. That's like an immediate unfollow. I think if you uh, if you do that. But so Tim was he was mad and he asked if everyone's using Instagram still. And sixty percent DL readers still using Instagram. Did you know that? That's a uh, it's pretty good, I guess, for Instagram. Um, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've fallen off. Right. Um, it's good for them. You know, it's not even just like the, the letter thing. It's the cold chronological thing, man. Like, it's total BS. Like, it, So I follow certain accounts where timing is everything. And sure, I could put on post notifications. I guess I just don't take it that seriously. Um, but say if there's um there's one called, um what is it, Super or like Secret, something Secret Club. And where they make like little, little toys, like one offs, like there's only five of them made little models or like figurines, like the stranger things, characters or something. And timing is everything. And if I, if I open up something and says, Hey, we're dropping this tomorrow, uh, be on the lookout for our next post. And then, uh, you know, but I open it up my Instagram feed and I see that that was from five days ago. Uh, that, that's a problem. So, and like I said, I could put on post notifications and stuff, but it, it really just, it, makes a problem that I have to now fix myself by putting on post notifications, which I really don't want to do because I don't really want a lot of notifications coming in from a whole bunch of different apps. So I don't know. Hey, yeah. What I can just, I say? I'm not, I know I'm not, the, I know I'm not crazy. I'm not the only person. No, no, no. Like even, so my wife, she's a big Instagram user. Um, she, she's really into the fashion side of Instagram. Uh, she follows a bunch of like bloggers and stuff, just fashion people, whatever. Um, and she says that they all constantly complain because a lot of them, I mean, they're like that influencer level, right? Where they have hundreds of thousands of followers, if not millions, right? Like Instagram is part of like how they run their business. And they're like, look, we're getting less interaction. People aren't seeing our stuff anymore. Like she, like she complains to me about it and tells me like what's going on. I'm like, yeah, I hate it. And I just hardly use it anymore. But I didn't realize like everyone seems to feel that way. And yeah, I go in there less and less. I mean, like I was complaining on Twitter yesterday about Instagram that like I got shown an, an image from the Trailblazers and it was like the box score picture the Blazers had posted from their game against Boston on the morning of Super Bowl Sunday. This was like Wednesday, like it was from four days ago and it was like a box score picture. And it's like, I know Instagram doesn't know it was a box score picture from that game, but it's like you just showed me stuff from four days ago. And when we're talking about like a sports team, their stuff's usually pretty current on what's going on. Like they had played another game since then. And it was showing me like two games ago, like a picture, like I don't want to see that. And you also just like refresh constantly because you're hoping it'll pop up new stuff to the top of your feed. But like, I don't even know how much stuff I miss anymore or whatever. It's just, you know, Instagram used to really, really be great. And now it's just I I just assume I'm missing everything just because yeah I just don't even open the app as much anymore. I'm like, okay, what's the point? So I mean, you could just add a button, 
that says chronological or popular. Like, just put popular or chronological. I would just go chronological. It's super easy. It's not rocket science. No, just there needs to be just a, a like a yeah a button you can flip that says chronological. Yeah. Some people may like it. Like, there may be some people that because Instagram, you know, when they tried to sell this to us, they're like, we get those people that only check in every couple of days, and we want to show them the stuff they care about the most. Right. Okay, that's fine. I I understand that, but. For me, who may be on it multiple times a day, I don't want to see stuff from three days ago. Like if I'm in the app twice in a day, I don't want to see stuff from three days ago. Like just show me today's stuff or give me a separate tab that is like the most recent. Give me something. You can't do this thing that's out of order all the time. And and look, I, I don't know that Instagram is losing users. They seem to always have good things to share about their numbers and all that stuff. So they're clearly doing something right. But man. There seems to be a lot of us that are frustrated with this idea that this out of order feed thing isn't working. So, yeah, uh, Wong in chat points out that chronological doesn't make IG as much money, but at the same time, I mean, people can still pay to uh, boost their posts and all that, and there's still advertisers on there, the sponsored content. I don't know if necessarily there's like uh, if you go back to chronological, you still can't have that that income so or that stream of revenue so i don't know i'll pay a dollar a month to get chronological, chronological back yeah but, i could see i could see myself paying a dollar for that if it's a money problem i'll pay a dollar a month that's very generous of you <laughs> 9.99 for the year i'll, I'll take that deal mm-hmm. that's steep for a free <laughs> service i don't know see well they can keep the ads in it keep the ads in it let me we pay ten dollars wow. a year and give it to me chronological. Yeah, and build in a few more features where there's like absolutely no downsizing or downgrading of picture quality uploads and all that. Yeah, you could do that. I'd pay ten bucks a year for that. Instagram Premium. Yeah, or Instagram Plus. Instagram Plus. I'm totally down with Instagram Plus. IG Pro. Four ninety nine a year. Whoa, That's a bit better. All right. <laughs> It wouldn't be that cheap. They won't do that anyway. But no, this is you know, never like, happening. You know, Facebook did this with their feed years ago, and you still like. Not that I'm ever on Facebook, but I'm pretty sure don't you still have to like go manually click show me in order stories? Don't you still probably have to do that? Yeah, they have. What is it? Uh, like news feed versus timeline or something like that, where you can select which one you want to see. And it just and every time you click on like the chronological. It still just puts you right back. Yeah, so you've got top stories and most recent. And cool. I and every time you click most recent, it always just takes you right back to uh the top stories. So frustrating. Yeah, so it is very frustrating. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Instagram. Oh, ESPN Plus, final topic of the day. ESPN Plus uh is apparently coming is it this year? ESPN yep, Plus this spring. Year? It's going to be ESPN's uh, streaming service that'll cost $4.99 a month. Uh, it'll, I, I believe it's going to launch in tandem with Disney's own streaming service. Uh, but it, this is another one of those. I don't, I, don't, I don't fully understand it. They're not saying it's going to be like SportsCenter and all the big games, right? They're saying it's all the other stuff. Like if you want to watch like, I don't know, AAA baseball, College World Series, college hockey i I have no maybe track and field stuff i I don't know 
they haven't really said right but it's like the other stuff like i don't think you're gonna get like friday's espn nba countdown are you like it's like other stuff and it costs five bucks a month yeah i mean we still don't even know right they just said sports events and sports games but i don't know what teams are on there i i don't think it's like their featured stuff i think it doesn't seem like it yeah, it's like additional stuff that they just probably have the rights to yeah it says uh the quote they uh was it bob Iger? yeah he said uh it's the stuff that's not available currently on channels so so why would I even want that? I don't know. I don't know. Is this like the ESPN four where it's yeah, just, right? Or is it like the world championship of dodgeball series or whatever? I mean, well, that's the thing is they already have, there's ESPN one and two. They had ESPN news. Although is that, is that getting rebranded? But there's ESPN classic. And then there's ESPN three, which is already the streaming channel that you can access for free. If you have a cable subscription. So <laughs> is this ESPN four? crazy it's gonna be a whole lot of crap if they don't want to put it on any other channels espn3 what a weird deal good time to be alive no cable you just pay for streaming crap that you couldn't watch it yeah all right all right anything else you want to talk about it's pretty much it Mm, yeah no i i I hope everyone saw the new star wars story solo trailer i hope everyone's so jacked up about more star wars stuff inbound i'm so happy although i don't know i mean i'm sort of it's star wars out. he's gone full star wars hater and like previously before last jedi he was like ultimate star wars fanboy i don't know what happened what did the last jedi do to you i don't know it just sort of like rubbed me the wrong way i guess like he could have just gone in like a different direction i'm just i'm like one of those guys just like it was an entertaining movie all these preconceived theories and they all got crushed and he's like nah that's stupid (laughs) stupid i enjoyed uh a lot of aspects of it uh like the throne room scene was freaking ridiculous it was awesome but um the solo one like i like the trailer because i like the music in it but I don't know. I mean, do we have to give everyone a backstory? I don't know. I mean, what's next? I hear we're, we're already talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, prequel or standalone. There are, oh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of great aspects that they just don't tell that are already existing within canon. Thanks to rebels and the clone wars. Like these are the stories, like the clone war stories, man, the rebel stories. Those can be movies. Like you put Thrawn on the big screen the American people are going to freak out because that dude is so badass. Uh, Star Wars is messing up. You got to put me in charge over there real quick. Well, there's other news too. The uh, Game of Thrones guys are apparently going to uh, sign on to do their own trilogy. Paying these guys a hundred billion dollars to do some incest stuff in Star Wars. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> Are the Game of Thrones guys though? Do we, should we expect greatness in Star Wars? Because what they did with Game of Thrones was take, other great pre-written greatness and just translate into a show. They're signing on to do a trilogy and be some writers and stuff. Like, is that is that really going to be the success everyone sort of thinks? It's completely possible, but again, they already had such great material to work with to make it look like they were geniuses when in fact they were just using George's work. So, and like the last season of Game of Thrones was kind of trash. Like, 
I know there was some cool scenes. There was like dragons turning into ice monsters and that stuff. But like the storyline was really weak because they didn't have a full book to work with, right? Like they kind of had to work with some stuff that George gave them on the fly. I don't know. I don't know that I have that much faith in this Star Wars trilogy from them being great. We'll see. I mean, hey, there's just so much Star Wars right now. It's almost sort of like, you know, I feel bad because maybe one day other people will just say, you know what? I'm kind of star Wars out and it could literally just kill the franchise. Um, I don't know. It's done. It's done better than say alien has done like every new alien movie we get. Like I love alien franchise. Like I just grew up on alien and now like those movies are so terrible. Like covenant is just bad because you've got Ridley Scott who really just wants to make this more of like a human, uh, philosophical soul searching thing. And it just sucks. And it is like, because there's no aliens, dude. You got to get back to the roots. Alien Covenant is one of the worst movies I've seen in the last year. It's so bad. And I'd like, and that's the problem. Like I want to love it because it's freaking alien and I love alien. Just like I love Star Wars and I want to love Last Jedi and all this, but it's like, man, it's just kind of sucks. So, I mean, you know, it's all personal opinion and all that don't matter. They still make billions. They do. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Was gonna like jump series um, that just happened on Netflix, but I don't know if it deserves the uh, the time. The uh, <laughs> Cloverfield paradox thing. Oh God, can't bring myself to finish it. I don't think we need to go down that road. I mean, Cloverfield paradox is apparently Netflix bought another trash sci-fi movie yesterday that no the no uh, no big movie house wanted to push in a theater so yeah interestingly enough like i loved what they did during the super bowl they showed the trailer like oh damn like a new cloverfield's coming then boom it's available and and i watched it that night and i was like oh man that kind of sucks like i mean it was cool like i dug the story like i love the ideas uh i just love the science fiction to it um but the movie itself was very not sound (laughs) and uh it was like a comedy and a horror and just like a creepy thing. I don't know. It was weird, but we got an hour into it. Both fell asleep because it was that night. Yeah. It was Super Bowl, and I'd probably had enough to drink, but like fell asleep. And then the next day I talked to you and you were like, it was trash. And I was like, Oh, great. And then after you said that everything I saw across the internet for the rest of the day was like Cloverfield paradox is the worst movie ever. What <laughs> the hell is-? And then I just went, I don't know. I'm not even going to finish watching it now. I feel so bad yeah like i mean i'm just i'm into weird like you know uh kind of reminded me a little bit of like a funnier version of event horizon which is one of my favorite movies ever by the way yeah great movie however this doesn't quite get to that (laughs) level but they try they certainly try with the crazy stuff that's going on but i don't know i mean the acting in event horizon is a little bit better than uh, cloverfield paradox although that one guy um i forget the character's name right because you don't get you don't care about these characters whatsoever. Um, I forget his name. He, he uh, he's also, in, he's in the uh, bridesmaids. He plays the highway patrolman in bridesmaids. Funny dude. Very funny, funny character. Other than that. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining us uh, on the calendar. We're just, again, waiting for MWC to get here. That's sort of it. Yeah. I don't think releases happening in between now and then. Uh, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll try to keep doing this every week, but sometimes weeks are just slow. So please sounds pretty good right now. These are kind of good until we get up into the full hype beast mode. But, uh, mm. anyways, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Uh, joy life show episode 164. Peace. Peace.